How many Zoom meetings do you attend every day? I'm going to guess way too many. You most likely have more scheduled meetings per day now than you ever had prior to the pandemic. On most days, I'm guessing you literally hop from one Zoom meeting to the next without even a break in between to catch your breath or mm, go to the bathroom. Yes, meetings can be necessary, but they aren't always. Welcome to episode 85 of This Shit Works, a podcast dedicated to all things networking and business development. I'm your host, Julie Brown, and today we are discussing the common psychological pitfalls that lead us to hold and attend way more meetings than we should. This episode is sponsored by Nickerson, a full-service branding, marketing, PR, and communications agency with team members in Boston, Los Angeles, Miami, and New York City. Visit them at NickersonCOS.com. Welcome to This Shit Works, your weekly no-nonsense guide to networking your way to more friends, more adventures, and way more success with your host, Julie Brown. Here we go. There are plenty of comic strips, sitcoms, and movies based on satirical office humor. There are a number of things about office life that we could make fun of, and useless meetings is one of them. But in actuality, it's no laughing matter. Research shows that meetings have increased in length and frequency over the past 50 years, to the point where executives spend an average of nearly 23 hours a week in meetings, up from less than 10 hours a week in the 1960s. This increase in meetings is taking a toll on the workforce. Meetings decrease our productivity, focus, and are counterintuitive to the reason why we have meetings, which is engagement. We aren't happy when we spend our days going from meeting to meeting. A study by Stephen Rogelberg of the University of North Carolina showed that how workers feel about the effectiveness of meetings correlates with their general satisfaction or dissatisfaction with their jobs. Because every minute spent in a meeting is a minute not spent working on their primary job. The constant running from meeting to meeting doesn't allow for the deep work time where we can focus without distraction on the things that we're actually supposed to be working on. So why do we keep doing it? Why do we agree to every meeting that we are asked to attend if we know it's going to cut into our productivity and will most likely be time not well spent? Well, Harvard Business Review recently published an article titled The Psychology Behind Meeting Overload. The article explores the common psychological pitfalls that lead us to hold and attend more meetings than we should and offers research-backed strategies to help employees, managers, and entire organizations overcome them. The first reason why we have way too many meetings is meeting FOMO. Yep, in short, we are afraid that our colleagues will judge us or even forget about us if we aren't in all of the meetings. It's ingrained in our clock-in, clock-out mentality that if we aren't attending the meetings, we aren't committed. We equate FaceTime with how committed we are to our job. The article suggests a workaround for this, that by declining the invite but providing your input before the meeting, 
It will still allow you to feel present and useful and visible without actually attending the meeting. It is also the responsibility of the meeting organizer to invite only those employees in which the meeting is relevant to. The second is what they term selfish urgency. This is when leaders will schedule meetings whenever it is convenient for them without necessarily considering their team's needs or schedules. This practice can cost a company a lot, not just an employee mental energy and efficiency, but also in cold, hard cash. One company found that a single weekly meeting of middle managers was costing the organization more than $15 million a year. But most companies don't think about the actual hourly rate of all of those employees sitting in that meeting and what that could add up to. The third is meetings as a commitment device. Behavioral science shows that an external deadline, like a meeting with your boss, can be an effective motivator, but the meeting itself is often unnecessary, with people simply reporting on how they did or didn't achieve the agreed-upon target. The smart folks over at Harvard Business Review say that to address this issue without losing the motivating effect of a meeting as a commitment device, leaders should tell their team that the meeting will be canceled if their deadline is met in advance. Nifty. Fourth is the mere urgency effect. When we are super stressed and let's be honest, who isn't lately? Completing seemingly urgent yet actually unimportant tasks can make us feel better. This is known as the mere urgency effect. Scheduling and attending meetings tricks us into feeling like we've accomplished something. And so we rarely decline or cancel them, even if they are, objectively, not as important as our other work. The researchers say a potential solution to this is to make canceling or ending early the default, especially for reoccurring meetings. So instead of asking, does anybody have any updates? Say, unless anyone has anything new, let's cancel and we can all get an hour back. That sounds nice, doesn't it? Imagine the real work you could get done instead of sitting in a meeting where somebody goes, does anybody have any updates? And you all kind of fiddle around trying to figure out what your update is. Fifth is meeting anesthesia. It's literally like the Groundhog Day of meetings. We get in the same bad, unproductive meetings over and over again because no one remembers what was discussed and agreed upon in the last meeting. A potential solution to this is to provide a concise synopsis of the key points and action items in a format that makes the information as accessible as possible to the meeting attendees and others who have, might have missed the meeting but still should have the synopsis. I mean, really, how many times have you sat in a follow-up meeting and heard someone say that they didn't accomplish their task because they didn't know it was assigned to them, or they didn't know they were supposed to have it done by that meeting? This synopsis can help alleviate that. And finally, pluralistic ignorance. Okay, follow me here. Pluralistic ignorance refers to a phenomenon whereby even though we're all experiencing the same thing, we assume that other people don't feel the same way about it as we do. For example, you're sitting in a meeting and you're saying to yourself, this meeting is utter fucking bullshit. It's a total waste of fucking time. Why am I the only one who sees how pointless this is? When you do that, you are assuming that no one else realizes how useless the meeting is. And this translates into us scheduling more and more 
useless meetings. To overcome pluralistic ignorance, leaders should encourage their teams to openly share their frustrations and feedback, and they should work together to regularly identify and eliminate unproductive meetings in the schedule. Imagine how much more productive we would be if we didn't have so many meetings clogging up the time in which we could be doing our deep work. Or hey, <laughs> since this is a networking podcast, imagine how much extra time that would allow you to check in with your network, to do the research on strategic connections and introductions, fostering existing relationships that will change your career. Way back in season one, Paula Rizzo said most people don't have a time issue, they have a time management issue. Picture your schedule and what you could accomplish if it wasn't stacked with meetings. The article in the Harvard Business Review went into greater depth, and I encourage you to check it out. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. There was another article used in my research for this podcast, also from the Harvard Business Review, titled Stop the Meeting Madness, How to Free Up Time for More Meaningful Work. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. I encourage you to share this podcast and the articles with your team members and, yes, even your team leaders. Who knows how much time and money your company could save if we all stopped the meeting madness. Okay, on to the drink of the week, which is actually a cider. I picked it because of its name, obviously, to go with the theme of the podcast. It's from Stowe Cider in Stowe, Vermont, which is about like, I don't know, like 30, 35 minutes from my house at Sugarbush. The name of the cider is Safety Meeting. It's a dry hopped cider that is gluten-free. It's made with citra and galaxy hops. So if you are gluten-free and you can't have hoppy beers, but you used to love IPAs and you used to love wicked hoppy beers, this might serve as a stand-in for you, you know, to kind of get your hop fix. All right, friends. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and share with your friends. Until next week. Cheers. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a tip. And remember, you can unapologetically be who you authentically are and still be wildly successful. That's a fact. See you next week on This Shit Works.